Rabbi Yisrael, good morning, a good Nerev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas, Vayechi Tovshin Pei Dalid. I want to give a thanks to the Rabbi Shalom that I'm able to give the the podcast this week. The last few weeks I've been under the weather, flying to the States and being under a schedule and picking up a flu, an American flu and an Israeli flu. It didn't allow me to speak, so we want to give thanks to the Rabbi Shalom. We hope that the the shir today will give chizuk to all of us. It's hard to believe that we're on our holding in the middle of uh, the month of Tavis, and we're completing the Sefer Bereshis, which we started <clears throat> 12 parashiyas ago, almost four months ago, and we know how it started. It started with the reading of the Bereshis, which we read on Simcha's Torah, when the war broke out, and um, we've been all been impacted by this horrific, horrific war, by everything that it is entailed with it, and at the same time we see the great awe, the great light that the Rabbani Shalom <clears throat> gives us, so we always look for chizuk, and at the same time we want to see the messages of the parsha and how it impacts upon us. Hopefully we're going to have Siyata Deshmaya. I want to say a few things, um, try to look at a little bit of in a different light this year on different things which we've discussed in the past. So first let's go to the beginning of the Parsha where Yaakov Avinu is, it's described as Vechi Yaakov, Shvaz Veshona. He lives in Mitzrayim for 17 years and uh, and then it says exactly how many years he lived for, 147. And then the parasha says that he, he feels that his time is coming to the end, he's getting weaker. And uh, he calls his son Yosef and he asks him to make a shvua to take him to Mitzrayim. He shouldn't be buried in Mitzrayim, his word, he shouldn't, turn, he shouldn't be turning into Avodah Zorah. And then afterwards, Yosef decides to bring. Menashe and Ephraim to him, <coughs> and after finding out who they are, which is really hard to understand, but um, eventually uh, Yaakov Avinu decides to give them a blessing, and he hugs them and he kisses them, and the famous Pasuk says that he takes Menashe and Ephraim, and he gives them a bracha. He switches his hands, he gives a certain bracha to Ephraim, he gives a certain bracha to Menashe, Ephraim is the younger, Ephraim gets the, 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 the more important bracha. But we know that this is the bracha that we give our children on Friday night. And we say, And Rashi himself points out that a person that comes to give a bracha, he should, to his children, should always give the bracha like... Um, like Yaakov Avinu gave the bracha to Ephraim and Menashe. And the question that's raised is, why Dafka Menashe and Ephraim? Why not Shimon and Leid? Why not Reuven and Shimon? Why not Yisachar and Zvulin? What was so special about, about um, Menashe and Ephraim? So I saw this year a little bit of a, you know, two different Mahalchim. <clears throat> we'll just say over <clears> them <throat> quickly. One of them <clears throat> is, is that the simple understanding is that Ephraim and Asher, they were not born in the, they weren't born in Lakewood. They weren't born in B'nai Brak, they weren't born in Yerushalayim or Al-Kadish. 
They were born in in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. They were born in Mitzrayim, and still they carried within themselves <coughs> the imprint of being grandchildren of Yaakov Avinu. They maintained themselves in the house of Yosef, which was the viceroy of Mitzrayim. And it says that they still they were able to learn. They learned when, they, when Yaakov Avinu came down, they were able to learn with him. That showed what kind of madrega they, they all had. And uh, this is a message that we want to give to our children, that no matter where you are, that it's possible for a person to bring up his children, that they should be able to be a madrega of Menashe and Ephraim's. And um, I was thinking in in light of the fact that, you know, so how is it true that, how is it true? I mean, how did it really happen that Menashe and Ephraim were able to maintain themselves, even in Egypt, that they were able to build the Madrega. And this is the Madrega that we're looking for. No matter where we're going to be in Golas, we give the bracha to our children, no matter where you are, you should carry with you the bracha of what Yaakovina gave to Menashe and Ephraim. Where did they get that strength from? The answer is they got that strength from their father Yosef. And Yosef was able to implant with him to be able to keep this, maintain themselves. Where did, Yaak, where did Yosef get it from? Adir Abba. We see that Yosef... <coughs> Even though he was sold down the river, and he was in Mitzrayim, he was in the house of Potiphar. Asher's <coughs> Potiphar tried to entice him, but he saw the demus the yuknoi of Yaakov Avinu in front of him, and he was able to become. He was Yosef Atzadik because of that. He was a role model for his own children. He was able to live in Mitzrayim and he was able to maintain himself as a from a yid, no matter where he was. And his children saw it. Yosef did not have to give them Musa, didn't have to talk to them and say, yeah, you can't do this, you can't do that. The children saw in their father, ah, look what kind of father he is. And this is a message for us in our own lives, <clears throat> that no matter where we are placed in our world, today it's a lot easier. We have from communities <clears throat> and we're associated with yeshivas and we don't put ourselves into nisyanas. But we always have to keep in mind that Yosef was able to be Yosef in Mitzrayim, and it impacted not only him, it impacted his children, and this is the brach that we give to the children. Another aspect of why Dafka Ephraim and Menashe, because we know why was Yosef sold to Mitzrayim, because of Mechiris Yosef, because of the sinner of the Achim. And <coughs> part of the sinner was that they thought that there was favoritism. Yosef got the coat, Yosef was considered the chosen one, and they had kinah, they had jealousy. Ephraim and Menashe, <coughs> they didn't have any jealousy. Adirabba, when Yaakov Avinu switches the hands and he puts his right hand on Ephraim, his left hand on Menashe, so <coughs> Menashe himself did not feel slighted. You know, I was thinking it could be that they're twins, but it's more than that. The pshat is they all understood each one of us has koiches and whatever Yaakov Avinu feels is the right way to give the bracha. This is the this is the way that we act towards each other. We act with brotherhood. We see each other's call echad mailas chaveirecha. And I think this is a great lesson. Just like Ephraim and Menashe, there was shalom, there was achva, there was no kinah. So therefore we also we also want that our children should also be in that level. They should always have an understanding. Each one is special. Each one has something special to give. 
you know, I take a look at my own family, each one has a, a different kayach, and each one is important, and together with the Talmidim, each one is important, kol echad ve'echad, kifi his madrega. And it could very well be, it's also the same type of model that they saw by Yosef, because Yosef could have had all the reasons to have sinna to his achim. But we see in the end of the day, after everything worked out, that Yosef at Tzadik was Michael, well, the question is, he was Michael or not Michael, but Yosef Atzadik did not have sin towards his brothers. He told him, HaKadosh Baruch Hu placed me over here to be a patron in order to be able to take care of you. This is all part of the great, it was all part of the great plan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, again, Menashe and Ephraim, they saw that their father did not have any sinner, they themselves didn't have any sinner, and this is the why we give the bracha on Leil Shabbos to our children. Ah, we should kiss the children, we should hug the children, we should bless them. They should all have the milers of Menashe and Ephraim. I want to jump into uh, a mimer, which is from Rav Moshe Shapiro, Mari Virabi, Rav Moshe Shapiro, Zeich Hazadak Levracha, whose seventh yard site was just a week ago on Asara Batavis. Rav Moshe was one of the great gifts that was given to our generation. Prolific, prolific Talmud Chacham of the highest order who really uh, enthralled so many, so many Talmud Chachamim uh, in his vastness of understanding of the depth of the Torah. And what we're going to say over now is a Mahalach, which I think is very, very apropos for the parsha that we're in and the matzav that we're in, situation that we're in. But it's going to be a little bit different than the regular flavor, so I hope that you're going to bear with me. You know, at the beginning of the parasha, Rashi, Rashi already points out, <coughs> and he says, why is it a parasha stuma? The fishinistimu, einehem velibam, shal Yisrael, mitzaris hashibud. After Yaakov Avinu dies, when Yaakov Avinu dies, nistimu einehem velibam, shal Yisrael, mitzaris hashibud, sheschilu l'shabdom. The beginning of the shibud started. We've raised this question many, many times, that uh, where do we see that the tzaris of the shibud started after Yaakov Avinu passed away? We know that it only starts when the last of the shvatim pass away. That's what Chazal tell us. We've given various answers in the past, but now we're going to try to flesh out maybe a little bit of a different understanding. That's one question. What, another question is, why do we use the Lushen, Nistimu Enehem Velibam? What's the difference between the Enayim and the Lev? So let's just focus in on this part. Rev Moshe writes, <clears throat> I saw it brought down, I heard part of the Shura myself. There's a new sefer that came out called Dvar Shvar, Dvar Shafir, <coughs> and he discusses the union of the Enehem and the Libam. The Enayim represents a person is blinded, a person can't see. When a person is in Golas, it's really impossible for him to see how am I going to get out of the Golas. Which direction do I go? And that's what happens when we don't have leadership when Yaakovina dies, so there's a stima. The eyes are completely stuffed up. There's no way. We can't see. We can't see what's the direction, how we're going to get out of it. The lave represents the rotson. Lave represents the will of man. Sometimes a person, even in the, in the, the darkest times, but he has a will in order for him to be able to overcome. Over here, the Tsarist of the Sheba was so great that the, the makam of the lave was stuffed up. There was no rotson. 
how do I, how, what do I do in order to change my predicament, to change my mitzias? It's to change my reality. So the Ratzin is even a deeper, a deeper, a deeper position of what the Golos causes. And this is what happened. And according to this, we can understand that even though Yosef, even though the other brothers were around, and they, didn't necessarily, they weren't necessarily subjected to the physical bondages, as we always try to say, but they became enraptured by the exile, by the Golos. And this was the beginning of the Shibud. The beginning of the Shibud is, the Tzaras HaShibud is that you don't even realize that your eyes aren't able to see how you're going to get out of the Golas, and the lave doesn't have the ruts in, in order to change things. You're kind of stuck in your certain mahalach and your certain place, and it's very, very hard for a person to get out of this. We know that Maisa of is similar we know that all actions of the others are signs for the children. And throughout the Sefer Bereshis, the Ramban has mentioned many, many times that there are different actions that took place from the others and from the Mahos, and each one has an effect upon Klal Yisrael. Over here, we have to understand that this parasha, parasha Zvayachi, is the end of Sefer Bereshis. <coughs> it's the beginning of the Golos. And where do we see the Maisa of the Simon Lubanim? This is the question that Rav Moshe Shapir and Zetzal raised. <clears throat> Where's the Maisa of the Simon Lubanim that we can somehow take as we go into the Golas and as we are in the Golas? So I'm being the Katzer a lot and a lot of deep material, but let's try to, let's try to flesh it out. There's a Ramban in the beginning of the Parsha, and the Ramban tells us that the fact that that the, the Shvatim and Yaakov Avinu came down to Mitzrayim, they themselves were the cause of the of the Golas. B'nai Yaakov themselves, they created the situation by selling Yosef, their brother, into Mitzrayim. And not only did they sell Yosef to Mitzrayim, but Yaakov Avinu has to f- come down with them. And the reason why he came down was because of the of the Rav, he thought that he would be saved because his son Yosef, who was his chosen one, and Pyra loved him as well, so therefore he'll be able to live in his house, and eventually he's going to return back to Eretz Israel. And that's why they said they didn't want to really stay there. They said, Lugger, we only came just to sojourn over here. But what happened was the Gullus continued for such a long time. Yaakov Avinu dies there. Only because he makes Yosef promise that he's going to go, <coughs> they should be buried in Mitzrayim, in Eretz Yisrael, was he taken out. And over here he says something very interesting. He says, also we see by the Roman Empire, we know that this Golos we are in right now is what it says, Vavoyhu, in the beginning of Sefer Bereshis. This is the Toyo, this is the Vavoyhu. This is the longest Golos that we have. And this all started about when Agrippus HaMelech at the end of Bayasheni asked for help from Rome and he runs away to Rome. So the, the Melech himself was also sent out into the exile. To a certain extent, the, the Nakud over here is, is that this Golos was a Golos which was created by the Klai Yisrael themselves, the Sinas Ha'achim, 
the Mechiris Yosef, which is the the largest reason why we're still in Golis is because of the Sinus Ha'achim. They themselves took Yosef HaTzadik, who was the Bechina of Mashiach Shah Yosef, and they, they brought him into Golis. By bringing him into Golis, bringing the Melech, who's supposed to be the Goyal, into Golis, so they themselves have to follow through, and we end up being in Golis. We're going to be in Golis, and then the Parsha says, end of the Parsha, what does it speak about? It speaks about the Misa of Yaakov Avinu. It speaks about the embalming of Yaakov Avinu. It speaks about the Leviah of Yaakov Avinu. That Yaakov Avinu is finally escorted out of the Mitzrayim. And it says that Pyra himself and the Sarim, they do a tremendous covet in order to give him honor. This is really Misa of Asim and Lebanim. Because the Ramban points out like this. We don't know how long we're going to be in Tengolus. We're literally like Mesim. We're literally like the dead, like Yaakov Avinu. Our bones are literally dried up. And this was Nigzer on top of us. But what's going to happen is like this. There's going to be a Matzav where it's going to look like Yaakov Avinu is Mes. And that's really what it looks like. It looks like the end of the Parsha of Sefer Bereshis is all about the Mises Yaakov Avinu. But we know that Chazal say that Yaakov Avinu Lomes. So we have to try to understand this. But at a certain point, the, 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 the nations themselves are going to gather together just like they gathered together and they escorted Yaakov Avinu. They gave great covet. V'yilem evo covet b'raisom kvedenu. The non-Jews themselves are going to have a evil covid because they see our covid. He says these words, we're going to see the retribution of Hashem. And from there, we're going to have a kima. We're going to have a chius. Rabbi Isai, the, the Gemara says in Mesech Tatainis that Rabbi Yochanan said Yaakov Avinu didn't die. And the Gemara asks, what do you mean he didn't die? They, they eulogized him, they embalmed him, they buried him. Do you, you eulogize, do you embalm, do you bury someone that didn't die? So the answer is that he did die. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan said, Nope, I learned it out from a Pasuk. But Pasuk says, Altira avde Yaakov, don't be afraid Yaakov, my servant Yaakov. Altechas Yisrael. I'm going to I'm going to redeem you from the far I'm going to bring in the exiles <coughs> that means they're going to be Jews living in exiles so we make a hekish between Yaakov Avinu and his children the children of the Jewish nation are going to be alive and because they're going to be alive, Yaakov Avinu Lomes. Rav Moshe says an interesting diuk. We know that there's different ways of understanding the Torah. One of them is Pshat, in the simple understanding. One of them is Remez, but another one is Drush, when we darshan something. And Rav Moshe says, what's Pshat? Pshat is the simplicity, looking at the things on the surface. On the surface, how does it appear? It appears like Yaakov Avinu dies. Yaakov Avinu is not alive. They embalmed him. They buried him. <coughs> Came along Yerb Yochan. Yerb Yochan says, no. Mikra ani Doirish. Doirish is the pshat seeing beneath 
the surface. What is the word jerisha? What is the root of the word jerisha? Jerisha is that I'm looking for something. I'm searching for something. I'm, I'm being misbeinen. I'm contemplating, looking into the depth. When I see Yaakov Avinu, and it looks like he's mace, but I see Yaakov Avinu loy mace. This is the mice of the simen lebanim. On the simplicity, it's going to look like we are, our bodies are mason. But on the, in, the, in the depths of it, Yaakov Avinu Lomais. Why is Yaakov Avinu Lomais? Because his children are alive. If his children are alive, <coughs> like we could say, Ephraim and Menashe, no matter where they are, they're still keeping the mitzvahs, they're keep, still keeping Yaakov Avinu's message. That's a proof that Yaakov Avinu never dies. <coughs> and this teaches us a great lesson. The Maisa of a similar bonum is teaching us no matter where we are. This is a parasha stuma. Our eyes are stuffed up. We can't see. Our hearts are stuffed up. But if we're dairish, if we realize there's something beneath the surface, the gula asida is going to come only when there's a complete, complete closing of the mind and closing of the heart. And it says, Ein ben David HaMelech will not come until literally we're going to look around and say, where can the gula come from? It looks on the surface like we're on the lowest level. It looks like we're literally like mesim yevashim. But when we get to the end of Sefer Bereshis, we, t- we take a look and we say, Mikra ni dairish. I'm going to be dairish. I'm going to see, no, Klai Yisrael is alive. And when we say that Klai Yisrael is alive, that means we're keeping what Klai Yisrael, what, what Yaakov Avinu taught us. And therefore, that's going to open up our hearts. That's going to open up our eyes. And the Pasuk says it's going to, the Gul is going to come only when we recognize one thing, that it's the Rabbi Shalom who's going to be Maitzias. May Ashpais Yarim Evian, like Dovna Melech says, from the, from the, the Ashpais, HaKadosh Baruch is going to take up the poor. Loshivi in the Divim in the Divayamai. This Dovna Melech is Melech HaMashiach, who is Dal, who is, who is poor, who is Oluv. Looks like he's, he can't come out from anything. But the Bariolam is going to take him from the Ashbais and he's going to bring the he's going to bring Mashiach. This is what the Ramban says. We're like Mesim, Yafshat's Mesenu. But just like there was a big Leviah in all of the nations of the world they saw, it looks like from their perspective, Yaakovina dies. From our perspective, it's Yikimenu. The Neid of Hashem is going to, Hashem is going to bring the 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 nafshus yevashus, and he's going to give chiyas to it. And I'm thinking in the context of what we're seeing today. There's no question; these are not easy days. Many many levayas, many many brave brave soldiers that have been taken away during this battle, and we do not see the end. We do not know the end. We take a look. Hezbollah on the front. They say that the analysts are saying that there's seven different fronts that the Israeli army has to deal with. Rabbi Sai, the Israeli army is going to do their utmost. The Sechayalim are being Moshe Nefesh. But we have to recognize the Gula is going to come about. Vayechi Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu Lomais. We dive into the Rabbanishim. should give Siyat to Protect our soldiers. Bring out our captives, our precious captives, who have been so long, so removed from their families, 
we want to give a bracha to everybody. Rabbi <coughs> said this week's parsha, the parsha of Vayechi Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu Lomais, and over here we say Chazak Chazak Venit Chazek. Let us be Mischazek. Bezem Mizbarch. We should be Zaycha to the Gula Shleim of Meir Yameinu Amen Vamein. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it'd be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.